0: You've now locked into Living Blessed, the podcast, where we're talking the highs, the lows, the darkest moments that we've all hidden from the world and everything in between. This is the moment of truth. This is why we're living blessed. And now, your host, Jovan J. Palmer. What's going, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Living Blessed, the podcast. I'm your host, Jovan J. Palmer. And as always, we have special guests sharing their most vulnerable moments. And I have the great... Great, right? I am right. Great, right? I like great. You like great? Yeah, I like
1: it. I like it. The great
0: Tamika on today. Hi. How are you?
1: I'm doing great. I like that you said the great.
0: I mean, I think I... I had to. If I didn't, you was going to drag me. I, I
1: wasn't going to drag you. I, I humbly say thank you for saying that. No problem. Yeah, it gave me some you. confidence right now. You already got I'm it. building up my confidence you right now. Got you gotta got me it. in the hot seat today. <laughs> I'm in the hot seats. It ain't that hot. I need some grace. You,
0: oh, you got all the grace. <laughs> right, right. Grace has been extended to you.
1: Well, thank you for no having problem. me here. No
0: problem. Thank you for coming. So how's, how's life? Introduce yourself. Tell the people who you are. Because um, I know you, but they don't know you.
1: Well, life is going great. Great is the word today. For sure. That's what we just go, we just go we're let gonna let great, great. Se- <laughs> we're going to let great set the atmosphere. Life is going great. I am Tamika Jackson. I am the wife of one, mother of two. Um, my profession, I work in media in the arts entertainment industry, primarily as a producer, creative director. Oh. And uh, right now, currently, I am launching my. First ever, I'm um, executive producing my own TV show called really? Go, Girls Rock,
0: Glow Gr- what is Go it? Girls Rock. Go Girls Rock. Go
1: Girls Rock. It's a TV show that spotlights spirit and faith-filled women mm-hmm. who have taken the Great Commission of Go, the Great Commission in the Bible to Go, and they've taken that and they are impacting in their careers, their businesses, their homes, and in their everyday lives. I love and that. so they're called Go Girls. So I spot like their inspiring stories and share. Allow them to share how they are impacting through their with
0: their faith. That's dope. Now, how'd you get into that space?
1: Into that space. Well, actually, I started out. Because I gradu- I gr- of course, I have a college degree in broadcast journalism. Okay. And so I started out my career working in the media as a morning show producer and as a noon reporter. So if you know anything about morning shows, morning shows are shows. Mm-hmm. They are entertainment driven. And it's the most uh, income-producing show of any network. So you have live entertainment. It's fun. It's it's uh, some hard news, but for the most part, it's a show. So I learned how to oversee major projects, bring in the talent, book the uh, the stories, book what we're talking about, send reporters on location. So my producing experience. Started from that point. And as I grew in my career, what I ultimately wanted to be was a news anchor but life, you know sent me in a different direction and so I ended up working more on independent projects as a producer because once you learn how to produce a Morning show a live show and you produce award-winning shows you can pretty much produce anything okay. so my experience there started to people it demanded it put me in demand in in other places so I started doing conferences I started doing festivals I started doing all types of of events as a a producer so I was able to step out on my own and when I thought about what I got in the media for which is ultimately someday have my own show it just came a point in my life where I was like hey I want to take the skills that I had And I'm going to put them for myself. I've done it for so many people. So I started working on my own show, and here we are. (laughs) So I'm doing it for me now in this season. That's
0: amazing. So (laughs) what was the thing that propelled you to get into this space now? Because a lot of times, like I said, life sometimes throws off curveballs. Like for me, I had wanted to be in the sports industry. Yeah. But my curveball in life threw me into the psychology field. Mm-hmm. What was that curveball that led you to say, you know, I want to get into production. I want to leave my own things and, and kind of go there.
1: I, I think it was life. Okay. You know, when you start out, lots of times, if you talk to anyone that works in like broadcast media, a lot of us, we start out in broadcast media because we love we love being in front of the camera. We are very charismatic people. We love telling stories. We might be great at writing. So the 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 the. I have to use this word. Sometimes the vanity part of it is more is more uh, tempting than anything. We want to be in front of the camera, but when you realize, if you look at a whole lot of broadcasters today, a lot of them have left the industry. Some of the greatest people that we love that we watched we watched over the years, they left the industry. Why? Because it's more to having a a the spotlight on you then you just being cute like you literally when you walk in the broadcast industry because so many people are looking at you we literally have a responsibility to shape the convictions of people in some kind of way yeah and when you find out that you don't have control over what you are releasing to the people and you are a person like myself it matters to me. It mattered to me one day when I had to report a story on a politician in Florida that later on we found out was not true, but I didn't run a story to say it wasn't true mm. because I didn't have that control. Yeah. So here's a person's life who's destroyed because of the coverage that we did just around the rumor. But I did not have the I did not have the authority to for the story that comes back and say, hey, this was all a lie. You know, this was a plot to bring him down. I don't have that authority. So I, I saw I, I felt like I had a responsibility to get on a path where my work was more meaningful. So that's why I started to work more on the production production side. And I would take projects that had more meaning to them. And most of the projects that I started taking on the production side were faith projects. You okay. know, so I did, you know, a lot of Christian conferences, Christian award shows, mm. Christian events, to where I felt like it was it was doing more good than it was hurtful. Now I, the, the the secular projects that I would take, you know, once I was done, I was like, Mm-mm. I just spent the whole day <laughs> listening to Let's Go What What. I, I'm, my spirit is vexed. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. Everybody falling over me, drinks everywhere. I smell like smoke, you know. And I know this is my job, but. No, my work should be more meaningful. So that's what kind of drew me in, in that direction, as well as my responsibility as a mother. Mm. See, my responsibility as a mom first to my children was important. And in order for me to climb up the ladder in the broadcast industry, in the industry that I was working in, something was going to have to take a back seat. Okay. And a lot of, lot of women, I will say, have chosen to take for their families to take the back seat. But for me as a woman with daughters, I could not, I could not, you know, let my children take the back seat because I was having to leave them with other people, go on a story, leave them with other people, going in in the middle of the night. And I just wasn't willing to at at the expense, have a great career at the expense of sacrificing my children and my relationship So I just took another direction and I felt like eventually what God had shown me that I would be, because he showed me that I would, you know, be a voice. And I knew that if anybody knew how to get me to a place where I could be a voice, it would be him. Mm -hmm. And I've seen how over the years, me taking a backseat, me working on projects, the behind the scenes, prepare me for me, what I'm doing now. So that's, you know, how kind of how life navigated me in that area.
0: Okay. Do you think, do you feel like your life, I don't want to say do you feel because it's your life, but has life always been where God has guided you and, or you've taken the direction that God has given you and you've moved in that direction?
1: Absolutely. Let me tell you, I'm a firm believer all the way to the negative experiences that I had. Mm-hmm. I'm a firm believer that Heaven has a conversation about all of us.
0: Heaven has a conversation. Heaven about has all of a us. conversation about, like
1: about all of us before we get here. Heaven mm. knows, heaven, there's a council that sits in heaven and says, Tamika, what are we going to send her to this earth to be doing? Okay. And I believe Heaven had a conversation about me, and there was a pathway that God had written, and He set it in motion. And He even, as He built me, he put things in place to get me to where he ultimately was going to take me. And I believe that's how it is for everyone. Of course, I know that he saw before me that because he gave me free will, I wouldn't always choose. Right. Right. But I believe there were (coughs) always, there was always a hedge. I was always hedged in, Mm, you know, I believe I was always hedged in to where, you know, I know she's going to do this, but she, I'm not going to let her go this far. You know, there are vices that I have, but there are some vices that I don't. So there were certain things that I knew. God was like, well, we know she can't can't do that. So I believe that there were just boundaries that were set in place to help keep me on the white path, even when I made wrong choices in life. So I I do believe that my steps have been ordered all the way. Life is best looked at when you look back at it. So... Of course, when I was making these decisions, I was like, I ain't going, I'm never going <laughs> to get to it. <laughs> At this point, Tamika, you're going to mess everything up. Yeah, yeah. So you <laughs> might as well just throw the towel because you're never getting there. I have been in situations where I feel like I will never get there. After this right here, I'm never getting there. But something, you know, that spilt inside of me had me to still get up the next day. Had still had me to still show up, mm-hmm. and and so I believe that the whole time God was just or or navigating me and you know ordering my steps the whole time. Because when I look back, I'm, I promise you, when I look back, like on every side job, I say, oh, I know why I was there. I'm looking back at it now, like oh wow, this is why I was there. This is I get it now. So it's life is best looked at when you look back. Mm. So when I look back, I know that <coughs> God was guiding me. And directed me the entire time.
0: Okay. So you mentioned uh, some of the negative experiences that you had in life. Yeah. What are some of those negative experiences that you have experienced and gone through? And how did those experiences shape you?
1: So let me just start by saying, before I even was an adult, Mm -hmm. my innocence was taken from me. Mm. My innocence was taken from me three separate times. Two of them were family members. OK, so my innocence was taken from me by way of sexual abuse. Of course, my innocence was taken from me. And not only that, because it was family members, I had to be around those people mm. as if that never happened to me. Yeah, yeah. So at a young age, I learned how to I learned how to handle pain. I learned how to wear pain very well. In the midst of people who inflicted the pain on me. So from a young age, my sense of relationships, what love was, because these were people who still showed up. These were people that people still loved, had around me in spite of what they did to me. I thought I learned how I kind of attributed uh, this to like forgiveness and moving on being around them and still showing them love, even though they were continually, this is when, when something is continually happening to you, that's chronic trauma in your life. It's chronic trauma. So these things were continually, you know, happening to me. So the way that I handle relationships, you know, I started to shape this idea from a broken place
0: Mm.
1: that people could just do whatever they wanted to do to me in life. And I'm just, you know, still being around them, still letting them come in, in my space was just how I was, should be. And it's called forgiveness, you know. Yeah. And, and that wasn't, that's not what forgiveness is at all, you know. So I just, my relationships, I had a perception of what relationships were from a very broken place. Mm-hmm. I felt like it doesn't matter what a person do, they can shoot you in your heart and you live. And you wake up and they look at you in your face that it's okay for them to still be in your space. And two weeks later, they shoot you again and you still be in their face again. So I I had just, you know, my my experience that experience from a very young age just shaped how I dealt with relationships, not just, you know, love relationships, familiar relationships with family, work relationships, letting, you know, people that I work for, or I work with, you know, do terrible things to me. And I'm still over and over again, dealing with these people who cause so much pain in my life. Mm. And so it took me a while to, to get some healing from relationship trauma, you know, because when you see relationships and how you handle relationship from a broken place. You deal with broken people. Mm. And so, and you attract broken people. And so from having so many relationship failures, I remember one time the, the last like terrible relationship I was in, I was talking to one of my leaders. I'm When I tell you like, he, he said the most life-changing thing to me to help me start my healing process. And I said, what is wrong with me? And I was just like, oh, because everybody used to always tell me I was beautiful. They used to always tell me like I had a big heart. They used to, you know, I love people. But relationships, I was failing at it on all levels. And this, this relation, one relationship, I was like, I was really like depressed over it. And, and my mentor, he said to me, I said, what is wrong with me? He said, you know what? You want to know what's wrong with you, Tamika? He said, it's just real simple. I don't want you, you know, just kill yourself over this. He said, you just have a bad choice of men. Mm. And he said, you have a bad choice of men because of your how you see relationships and how you what kind of men that you feel like you should have in your life. That's the only thing wrong with you. You have a bad choice of men. Not that it's wrong. Ra- you know, something wrong with how you look, how you look. He said, but from, because you're so broken when it comes down to relationship, what type of men you should be having in your life. You're you're choosing the wrong people and you're choosing it from a, them from a broken Broken place. place. Yeah, yeah. So then I started researching brokenness and, and, and wholeness. And so I got, I took a journey of healing and I took myself all the way back to the place of where that happened to me. And why I see, you know, bro- broken birds can't help broken birds. Who gonna That's... help you? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody You wait, right. You know, I, so I got on this path of allowing God to heal me from all that pain. Mm-hmm. Because let me tell you what I got accustomed to. Because of being so put together and yeah. not let letting people see how. Heard I have been in life, like, you know, being so strong and like, you know, I didn't let that get to me, da-da-da-da-da-da-da, and not dealing with that pain mm-hmm. from these traumatic experiences. Like, I had some, okay, first of all, to have your innocence taken at a young age, that's traumatic in itself, Dang. and for it to keep happening, and you have to be around those people, and people call them great people after they know what they did to you. Mm-hmm. You know that's just traumatic in they itself biased, yeah you know that's Absolutely. just tra- traumatic in itself, so I had some traumatic you know situations uh, relationships where the, the b- betrayals were like you, you would be looking at me like to me how are you how are you living how are you how did you make it out of that like severe pain hmm. through relationships. That, you know, I, did, I didn't learn how to... I managed well. I was just like, you get up, you know. You get up, girl. You put on your shoes. You keep going. And I, you know, dealing with that and, and healing from that. And I, you know, I I talk to my daughters all the time. Mm-hmm. And I tell them this. I say, you know, one of my biggest issues, biggest problems that I had in my life is the relationships that I was in. The relation relationships are so important. People, like the right person in your life can help take you to where you need to be in your life and the wrong person can have you in the graveyard mm. and so people don't get that and that's why I preached to my children relationships are everything and if you don't learn what's a what, what's a good healthy relationship yeah you know I started out wrong in the area of relationships you know I just didn't have I was not dealt the right cards <laughs> you know <laughs> And, you know, I had to, you know, I had to just be like, had a conversation with God, like, listen.
0: And what was that conversation like?
1: I mean, I was like, listen, God, I ain't had nothing to do with mm-hmm. me being <clears throat> molested starting at the age of eight. I had nothing to do with that. I didn't have anything to do with that. That went from eight to 12. I had nothing to do with that. That had something to do with relatives. I was a child. Mm-hmm. How. That I had nothing to do with that. Right, right. So because I didn't have anything to do with it, I know you built something in me to overcome it. So I need to know, I need you to help me overcome it because I was going through a phase in life like, why God let that happen to me? I had to understand, man, we live in an evil world. People are doing what they want to do. That was those people's choices to do what they did to me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know? They made a conscious decision. The first one to do that to an eight year old all the way till she was 12. The next one to start, you know, you, they, those human beings, because we are human beings and we're in the earth and we're human. God ain't in this earth. Right. So these are human beings making choices to do this to a little girl. And, you know, so I was like, God, if you let me make it to this point, I didn't die. And you gave me daughters. Man, what am I supposed to do with this? Mm -hmm. And so I, you know, I I wanted to healthily get through my pain and my trauma, so I can show my daughters how to live out, you know, a life of when you're hurting and you when, when people inflict pain on you. And I didn't want their life to be impacted because of my trauma. So I worked very hard to exemplify strength, um, forgiveness. I share with them what happened to me. And I told them who did it.
0: Mm. How was that conversation with them?
1: Oh, so I told them who did it. And then I had to talk to them about not mistreating the person who did it. Gotcha. That's (laughs) that's
0: a tough one.
1: And, but let me tell you what I did tell them too. Don't never be alone with that person. Don't never, if you ever, never, never. And I also was able to talk to them about, you know, the fact that if that ever happened to them. Now, I I try not to live a life where I was so protective of them because of what happened to me, yeah. but I was, I was very vigilant with my life with my daughters. I didn't let them go stay the night anywhere. I didn't let them just be around, you know, anybody. I was very vigilant, but it was in a way where they still were free, but- when I talk to them about that situation, you know, I let them know to be on high alert because if a person did that to an 8-year-old eight, eight or 11-year-old, 10-year-old, 12-year-old, whatever, that person, has, that person has some stuff in them. Mm-hmm. I'm not telling y'all that that person has not changed. But what I'm telling y'all is when you have, when some of us, you know what your weakness is. Ooh, yeah. When yeah, you yeah. have a weakness, if that thing does not stay under So that person could still be fighting with that thing and you might trigger it. Mm -hmm. And then they're going to have to die. Cause I ain't even the fit to be my mom. (laughs) They're going to have to die. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm you, you know, so I teach my children how to, I taught them how to move. Right. Mm, You know, even in the home, like I'm like, you know, you know, cause I got married, you know, again. And I'm like, listen, y'all, this is certain way you carry yourself. This is, you know, just as a young woman, I, 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 Took that opportunity to You know help my children Be proactive and help them Protect themselves and help show Them you know signs of hey I uh-uh, won't trust them they have The ability but um I told them who it was You know and I'm gonna say I'm gonna be honest Like to to this Day the battle To uh, To keep that Sometimes I get angry because I see those people, Mm. but I see how their loved ones, you know, like put them on pedestals and stuff like that. And then I'll be thinking about, do you know what they did to me? Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, for sure. I'll be like, (laughs) I mean, right now at 45, because these people are still in my family.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it's like so, you can't get away from yeah,
1: it. Yeah, you, you can't get away from it. And so it's the same thing with, you know, my my spouse, you know, my husband. You know, I'm going to share the, you know, that this, you know, this happened to me. So I'm I'm constantly reminding everybody, hey, y'all, it happened to me. It didn't happen to y'all. So I want y'all to know that in a healthy way, I've overcome and I've overcome and I'm still overcoming. Mm. Because these are active members in my family. So if something happens to them and my family is being empathetic and, you know, I had to tell to me, okay to me, cause don't be mean. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, mm, that's what you get. Right, mm, right, right. You, yeah. That should be happening to you. And I'd be like, okay. And sometimes like my, um, my fa- my, my husband or my children will be like, like, you, like you, you just, you, you just be around that person. Like they did nothing to you. I'm like, I have to be, it's too many other lives that are involved that if I do something crazy, it's going to cause so much pain in other people. It's my trauma though. So if I do something, Javon, Uh and, you know, because of what they did to me almost 30 something years ago, all the people that I bring so many other people or so many other lives in it, that now my trauma becomes somebody else's trauma. And I can't, I, I don't want anybody else to wear my trauma. Mm -hmm. When I told my kids that I had to only give them so much now because I didn't want them to be traumatized. You know, if they knew the details that that probably would be hard for them. Like it was hard for me to share my husband. I was like, what, What?" like what they did, what Mm -hmm. it was traumatizing to him. So you, if I do that, it's going to be so many other lives that are going to be impacted. That's why I take my role working, you know, in media, very important. And I, I, when I'm sharing with people how to share their stories, how to share them in such a way where you're not destroying other people's lives or bringing your pain, inflicting your pain on other people. It's a way to talk about this to where. People don't feel like they want to cut their risk after they hear your story. <laughs> 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 you know, people will be like, "Oh, I got my list and I got and, and I'm like, "Man, I just, I just want to die. Like, why do I want to die? Yeah. And I have nothing to do with this. No, it's a way to share it. So it should, you should leave people on a note to where it's going to encourage them. It's going to be informative, you know, in some type of way. So I'm not, I'm not gonna, you know react to these people Mm -hmm. and they have children. They have grandchildren who don't know nothing. Yeah, And then I open up this, you know, because, yeah, Yeah. this can. Mm -hmm. And then now there's the trauma, the the curse of trauma is passed down. Mm. Because they're going to remember it. For sure. It's going to play back in their mind. That's
0: something you just, nobody really gets over. Right. I know that 100% because I've experienced the same exact thing. I will, I don't believe I'll ever get the image out of my head. Right. and It's you, hard to. It's very hard to, and that's why I'm very careful in whom I share the story with. Right. Because, like you said, it's just – it can be instances where I share it with the wrong person, and then they go and badger that other person, person. and then it's like – like I said, the whole can gets opened up, and then nobody knows how to close it up because not everyone believes in therapy and going right. to get the, the right help and seeking the right help. Like, you know, you went to your mentor, and you know, I'm going to ask you later, did you – was therapy a part of your process and stuff like that? Because a lot of people just don't know that it had it not been for therapy, I would never have gotten to the point where I was able to really, truly forgive myself. Right. And my question for you and now is like, you know, what point did you get to where it's like, you know what, I feel comfortable in the forgiveness for me first.
1: I think it was, you know, after, of course it was, I was over 40. I'm 45 now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it was, you know, after this last terrible relationship I had where I really realized that, you know, I had some unpilling to do. I had some some peeling of some layers
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> that I just had to do. And I had to come to a place in my life where I know I need some help. Yeah to get I need some 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 help to to resolve all of this because all of this came from way years ago, of stuff I never, you know, ever dealt with. And let me tell you, at one point in my life, I blocked, I forgot like a whole period of like 12 years of my life. I didn't even remember what happened. I just blocked that out of my life because that's where a lot of the trauma was.
0: Mm, yeah, and I couldn't
1: yeah. remember a whole lot of, I didn't have like a whole lot of great memories of my childhood because my childhood was not all bad. When I got 40 is when I started realizing that I had some good moments. I didn't grow up terrible. Like these were instances that these people had robbed me of the great things that happened to, in my life. And I knew that when I turned 20 is when, and I left home and went to college and is when I really started to, to make decisions on my own in life, apart from my, you know, my mom and my mm-hmm. family and that's when all of my problems in life started to happen. When I had to live life, and I lived out life from a broken place. Mm. And so, for the first twenty years of my life, I realized in which my my husband, and I'm married to, he met me at that time. I was in college. So, the next twenty years of my life, I lived my life like making so many. T- to me, so many terrible decisions that could have completely messed up my destiny that could have just really just took me out. Like not just mentally, but just took me out. Like me not even be here today. I made some, some, some decisions like that for 20 years of my life. And I knew that once I got out that last relationship, you know, I knew that if I didn't get help, the next 20 years of my life was going to be the same way. Mm. And so what, my brother, let me just insert this. My brother got murdered here in Atlanta in 2011. When he got murdered, that kind of pushed me over the edge because it was on the first 48. It was in the media. I was on the first 48. You know, it was in the news. I was doing interviews on the other side as a victim. It was a high profile case. So we was on the first 48, cab. And during this time, when my brother got murdered, my only brother from my mother, my best friend, he moved to Atlanta from to be with me. He lived with me for two years. One, 21 days after he moved out of my house, he was dead, got murdered. Now, this is what threw me over the edge in my life, you know, and. I started spiraling just from all the trauma in my life. And then the relationship came. And then one of the things that I did was I didn't get therapy immediately, but I started drinking. Mm-hmm. So wine was like a way I could just just pacify myself and just not deal with none of it. Mm-hmm. And so I never forget. This was around the time where I was 40. So I never forget my husband talking to me and my husband said, I never, he's known me since I was 20. That's why I, this is, you know, how this all panned out. My husband said, I've never, I've seen you go through so much in your life. I've never seen this part of you. And he's a person that, he was just like my brother. If I, something happened with me, he always like, oh, you got this, you got this. My husband was just like, I never seen you like this. And I'm worried about you. And I'll never forget, like, I had this, like, come-to-Jesus moment. I was like, I, I got to get help. Or, number one, I would kill somebody because I was drinking my life away, like, not dealing with my problems.
0: Mm.
1: And I knew that I had to get to a sober place in life so I could look at all this stuff, look it in the face.
0: And what was that moment that just, like, that triggered you to say, I have to get help? Like, you know, I know you're someone about the drinking, but like, in that moment, like where were you? Like, give us the the picture. Like, you know, there were some people who talks about I was in a dark room where I was in the house oh, with a dunk okay. to my when, head. I know what yeah. the
1: moment was. was <laughs> so I have been drinking. I have been driving, and I have been drinking like one night. Mm-hmm. This is so good. I'm so glad you asking me this. I never shared this with anybody. I have been drinking. I've been driving. Uh, drinking and driving all night and. Um, my husband, that used to be my thing. I would go out and drink, and I would be get away from everybody. And and anybody who if my husband or my children would know if she's gone, she's Lord, she done went and got some wine or something. And I would go, and that night I had just, I was just reckless. I don't even know how I made it home. Mm. And so I made it home and um, I told my kid, <laughs> you take my kid. It's funny now, but that night it wasn't. So I told my kids when I got home, I was like, I'm giving y'all up for adoption. I can't believe they believe me, though. They know I would never give them up yeah. for adoption. So I told the girls, I'm giving y'all for, for adoption. And I was just in this little, and they were so upset with me because I said that that night. And so I was, I was, I was wasted. And uh, I woke up the next morning and my husband had told me, he said, girl, like you got like alcohol on the door. Like, where did that come from? I was like, I don't know. I didn't even remember. And that moment, I remember when it was, it was June. It was June 2016. And I woke up that morning. And something that my spirit said, if you don't stop, that's it for you and your life. You're gonna lose your children, you're gonna lose your husband, you're gonna lose your life, or you're gonna take somebody else's life. And let me tell you what I did. I got on, I got on right then. I Googled AA.
0: Mm.
1: I never shared this story, so you getting some, you know, G14, you get an exclusive. <laughs> then G14 classified information. <laughs> you need to know this. I Googled Alcoholics Anonymous. Mm. The crazy thing was they had a meeting five minutes from where I was living Ooh. over in Roswell that morning. It was like six in the morning. It was going to start at seven. So nobody told me this. Nobody. This is just something that came to me. So I got up, put on my clothes, and I went there. And I sat in a room of about, it was about 27 people in there. And they went around the table, Jovan. And they talked about all that they had went through, all that they had lost. Some of them were six, had ran Fortune 5 companies. They lost their jobs. Some of them had beautiful families. Some Mm. of them had killed other people. Some of them had limbs were missing from accidents. It It was people just talking about how trauma had drove them to drinking and them not dealing with it and how that had to happen. Terrible things had to happen. For them to get to a place where they stopped. Honey, by the time they got to me, I was just like, I just, I couldn't eat all. I just like, I, I I don't know why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> and guess what? <clears throat> I never went back again. Really? I never, never went back again one time and was never, enough never for you. took another drink from that day. There was a woman that I met, because when I walked out, I was the only African American, it was me and one other African American woman. When I left, she came to, to ask me my name. She's mm-hmm. older than me. She took my number. She still can't believe to this day because they thought she thought I was gonna come back again. I was like, I don't need it. I'm not ever. She still can't believe because she relapsed a couple of times after that, and she'd been going there. Mm-hmm. I never took another drink again, and I started my process of healing, where I was soberly dealt with my pain. And I dealt with my pain. I took responsibility of what my responsibility of what I was responsible for. And I was like, this is what I'm responsible for. But this right here, I ain't taking the blame for that. So, you know, I asked, I forgave myself for the things that I had a part in. And then I forgave people who didn't ask me for forgiveness for their part. And the fact that One of the greatest things that helped me was my husband and my children. They were just like my brother. They never, no matter how vulnerable I was and how broken I was, they always saw me as that great person. It was nothing that I had done. Even when I spiraled out of control with the drinking, they always just saw me as like, we know you, 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 you got this, you strong, you're powerful. You have such a great destiny in you. My husband, it was really, you know, the most beautiful thing because like that man, like he's the most, up, he's the most upstanding guy ever that would not be like, girl, that girl. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was just like, and he tells me all the time. He was like, girl, I was like, I just don't know. <laughs> He was like, he was like, girl. I would just looking like, well, you would. He he said, when you would do stuff. I would just be like, what, 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 like, what? He said, but I knew, I I just knew you. I had, I knew that there was a place in you that we you were going to get past this. Mm-hmm. And you got to have somebody like that around oh, you. Oh, for sure. You got to. Mm-hmm. This is a, getting through, getting healing and holding in your life. Is it? It at least got to be one person. Yeah. It's something that cannot be done alone. I don't personally believe. Even if you heard it off a message or off a podcast like this, somebody has had to say something that resonated in you that built you up like to back to, you know, you could do it. So it was that day on my couch. And then when I went to that AA man, I was like, What? You lost what? What? I was like, mm-hmm. No Lord, no, I'm not. It was you, you you know how the ghosts that stole Christmas when they would they take you on the uh What you know when the uh, they
0: they show you like um like different parts of life that you missed out on or something to happen? I just felt
1: like like I was seeing my future.
0: Ooh,
1: and I was like, no, uh, this is this is not you know what God has for me. What I saw and how I saw my ending, it's not like this. Mm -hmm. And so I got to deal with this pain. If I don't deal with this pain, my life is going to be destroyed. And it's going to be all my fault. These people were in places in their life they couldn't come back from. They couldn't go back to their career, had million dollar homes and now was staying in shelters. If I was in, well, you know, I don't even know if I would. (laughs) you'd have to come get me because they were in places where they couldn't come back from if you think about it, but they could. But if you think about it, you would think
0: they were just so low.
1: They were just so low, and I and I knew that I still had had some people that were in my place because my family didn't understand my like like my mom, my sisters, like they really didn't know how bad it was because I was so strong with being able to hide my pain.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Only people who could actually see it were the people who were in immediate contact, my children and my husband.
0: So, how was that for them experiencing? You know, your drunkenness and you know, them just not knowing if mommy's gonna make it back home or my, if my wife's gonna make it back home. Like what was it like for them in that moment?
1: <clears throat> I know that, you know, my children always tell me, like, Ma, we used to be so worried about you. But then they were like, But we weren't we were worried about you, but we knew that. Like we know mama.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like they felt like they had some times where they were like scared, like we don't know. <clears throat> But they always said, because they're very, you know, strong young women of faith. Mm -hmm. And they knew what kind of faith I had. And they knew that they had, you know, seen me come overcome some things. And so they still had this sense of, you know, mama gonna come back from it. But they were very afraid if I didn't. Mm -hmm. You know, the one of the the deepest, you know, I talk to them all the time. We're very transparent family and. I want to know how my children are feeling. I I asked, I sat them down one day and I said, what was, you know, in y'all childhood, can y'all tell me like the most memorable thing, impactful thing that negatively that, you know, y'all have experienced, you know? So I want to know. I don't want to hear from Oprah. <laughs> y'all ain't finna get on over and be talking about me Y'all been to tell me before Tell you me know, now Y'all not gonna be on Oprah talking about Oh no, this lady uh-uh. <laughs> No, what y'all ain't finna do is that Uh huh. So one <laughs> of my daughters was When I went through run, broken relationship um, The last traumatic experience I had in a relationship Where we ended up, you know, I, I lost everything I had And I had to live with family members and to them in their mind, they were used to living a certain type of life and it was like we was homeless. Now, we never slept on the side of the street, yeah. but we didn't have our didn't have own a home. home. Yeah, they own. They're used to living, life, you know, li- having a nice life, us having a home and I lost, literally, that relationship left me, you know, in a terrible place and so, that was my, you know, my oldest daughter's, that was her experience. It wasn't even the alcohol. That was not traumatic to them.
0: Yeah,
1: she, It was just that, you know, she couldn't believe that We didn't have things anymore, and I, you know, I lost everything. It was literally stolen from me, but my younger daughter, though, it was the time I said I was going to give them up for adoption. (laughs) I was like, why did you believe that? She was so upset about that. She was like, "The, the, the next day, and after I came home, like, from my AA, that little experience, she said, and Mama, oh, yeah, and I gave them, like, thousands of dollars I had just uh, I came home that night and gave them like all the cash I had hidden and I gave it to distributed to them I forgot all about that <laughs> so, <laughs> so I gave them all the cash uh-huh. I had like it was like a thousand dollars a piece and they came in there my here's your money this was after I came back from the Amy. here's your money and then my little my little daughter said and I hope you know last night you say just go put us up on your shop. <laughs> So, I was like, I did not. You did, mom. And I was like, but you know, I would never do that. Well, it's just the vacuum set it. And mm. she just, she left. So, that really bothered her. So, that was the one experience that we had. But, you know, I'm thankful that it was by God's grace yeah. that, you know, whenever sleep is when I really did my little drinking and all of that. But mm-hmm. they, it, it was never anything that I did that would interrupt our daily life or anything like that. So... They've, you know, I asked them about their most traumatic experiences and overall, you know, they they've been able to make it out of all of the the struggles that we've experienced together. And, you know, to be very, very well-rounded babies. Mm -hmm. And I believe that's why God gave me daughters. Mm -hmm. I believe that's why he gave me daughters. And I'm thankful, you know, that I was a church girl that I knew at a very young age to that faith that I needed faith. I needed God in my life. You know, I knew that it was kind of like written in my soul, you know, because that for that one reason, I never, I never stopped uh, having God in my life and God being a part of the equation of me becoming who I am. And I'm glad that God, even what my vices were, my troubles were, I'm glad that God allowed me to graciously overcome them so my daughters can see, Mm -hmm. you know. Uh, And so I always talk to them about, like, listen, y'all don't make the same mistakes I made.
0: Right, right, right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And, but it's more good that they saw, you know, I'm, I'm happy about, because I did not allow my kids to see a whole lot. Yeah. So it's more good that they saw than the bad. But I made sure I shared with them experiences because that's a part of me mothering them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah, they 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 are right. It was like the drinking didn't take them through trauma, like except for that night, honey. <laughs> Why did I have to say I'll go put them up for adoption? I'm
0: like, you know, they I would never, never, never do be, that. Right, right. But they just don't know, like you know, what's pushing you there. My
1: daughter said she believed it. Jay believed it. She said, she believed. She was like, no, she did All the things she could can say.
0: Yeah, wait to see that. She
1: going to put, and they threw all the little thousands of dollars on the sofa. I was like, who gave me all this money? They're like, my it's your money. You gave it to us. And then they said this, "And I hope you know you gave the homeless man a like $1,000 too. I was like, really? They was like, yeah, because you told us. You gave a homeless man down the street $1,000. <laughs> I was like, so I counted my money. I was like, oh, I did. You gave the homeless person $1,000.
0: <laughs> He's forever thankful.
1: I was like, oh my God, I did that. I Even in your mess, I gave still him $1,000. <laughs> that was crazy.
0: <laughs> mm. So, I want to talk about the strength of your husband and the patience of your husband. Oh. Because, in an instance like that, in a situation like that where somebody's coming home drunk, was it every day or every other day or just weekly, whatever It was be, just
1: like. You know, it would be like I have me a, like once a week or mm-hmm. when I drink, I drink.
0: Yeah, yeah, So that's yeah, what it was. So yeah. it would
1: be like once a week or I'll be, I'll I have a day where it's like that. I have had times where it'd be on a Friday and a Saturday mm-hmm. and it's just, you know. So it wasn't, I wasn't drinking 30 days. I was the
0: mess. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I want to clarify for the people watching. Let me
1: tell you... This man, I'm a firm believer that there is someone that is right for you.
0: Mm.
1: My husband definitely is that one because I met him when I was in college at 20. We did not get married then. And I was pregnant with my older daughter. So we
0: y'all met at 20. We are just friends, we are dating. We were just
1: friends. Okay. And I was pregnant. This is, this is what I'm trying to tell you how life is just crazy. I was pregnant with my older daughter then and didn't know it when I met him. Wow. So me and him stayed together.
0: Through that. Through all of brother. that.
1: And he and and mind you, I was pregnant before I met him and didn't know it. He took me to the hospital. And he's the one who told me because I was doing so much in college, me and him went to FAMU together. So um, he ended up graduating from FAMU. I ended up leaving because I was in my senior year and I had my baby during that time. Mm -hmm. But, um, and if it had not been for him, I wouldn't even got it, got to that point. I'm going to tell you, because my husband was like, you know, he met me and then I found out he took me to the hospital because I wasn't feeling good. And I came out, I was like, I'm pregnant. He was like, you pregnant? I was like, yes. And so we knew it wasn't his. You know, we were just, you Little know, Mary Joseph so, so I was on. like, he was like, what? I was like, yes. And I was like, don't worry. I was like, honey, because we're not having this baby. And he was looking at me like, what? He's like, You're not having the baby, but you're pregnant. So I was like, Yeah, but I got things to do. I'm finna graduate from college. I'm about to be, you know, Katie Couric. It wasn't Oprah. I was going to be Katie Couric. You're too young to understand. Yeah,
0: you just <laughs> dated yourself. <ain't> <laughs>
1: <him>? <laughs> so I was going to be Katie Couric. like, I'm not doing that. Like, I don't even talk to that guy. Like, da-da-da-da. my husband looked at me. He said, I promise you. If you have this baby, whether me and you make it or not, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with you with this baby.
0: Mm. You're going
1: to have this baby. I was like. What fool would do? Like, you a fool. <laughs> he was like, I promise you, you said that's my word. He ain't never lied. When he, come, when he, when he gave me my word, that girl is going to be 25. Wow, That, that little girl is going to be 25. He has been the father. You <laughs> see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you know, throughout my life and me, because I was so broken and going through all of this, my husband has always been my friend. Mm-hmm. He always been the homie. But he was just the homie. And so for me, because he was such a put-together guy, you know, he got a college degree, he got an honest job. You know, I wanted I want all the thugs. I want all the broken people. I wanted all the people who didn't know what they were doing in their life. I want all the people who had habits, you know. I want all the broken yeah, broken. My husband over here like an eagle, like got plans for his life. You know, I, you know, I always say that if there was anybody, because I'm a woman of faith, I'm a Christian. When the Bible talks about your husband got to love you like Christ loved the church. That man, since the day we met in college, whether we were dating or not, this man was always like, you know. You that girl But you crazy <laughs> But you that girl He's always been a, a friend to me Even you know When I didn't You know we, we weren't in relationship He's always been A great friend Like we could laugh You know He'll be We We, we break up and he got a girlfriend or something like that. I'll be like, "Hun, I know she don't look bad than me, so it don't matter. <laughs> and then he'll be like, oh, I know you with that dude, but he will bust her. I'll be like, well, okay. So, but here's the thing, because of my brokenness, I was raised in the church, so I always felt like, it didn't matter to me, as long as you said you know God, you could be selling drugs on the corner. <laughs> they dope and, but you love the Lord and I just believe you love the Lord, you know, mm. I, you could have killed somebody. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, well, he's still, that's God's man, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I was the most broken person ever and my husband was always the most patient with me in life. He would always, I would break up with him and be like, because first of all, you don't know what it's like. Yeah, no, to have life hard. Like I would just be wearing him out. Like this. He, this this man, all the way throughout. And I'll never forget my last situation that I had. And um, my it was time for my oldest daughter to graduate. It's the most beautiful display of love from God for me. My oldest daughter's getting ready to graduate from college. She was like, I don't, you know, Mom, I know you go on through with your situation, but I want my daddy there. And I was like, you want who? It's like, I want my daddy there. She she was like, so I don't know you need to call him, you know. <laughs> so I was like, but I don't want to offend anybody. And she was like, Ma, I need you to call. My, I'm graduating. This ain't about you. So I need you mm-hmm. to call my dad. And I'll never forget. I had to. I was like, oh, my God. When I call, I, I said, I'm going to call his mom. Let his mom know. That you you know Everything It's a related message In my heart I thought Why surely he's married With kids All this stuff And you know I had gone too far At this point mm-hmm. You know Because I had made So many bad decisions Out of my <coughs> brokenness And so At that point When um His mom was like Oh yeah Oh my gosh You know Our baby Getting ready to graduate So When he Reached back out to me I just I knew that you know that it was I just we just it's just the homie calling the baby graduated yeah. and then you know he found out he he didn't even ask me about my situation because he told me he always knew the outcomes he always knew I was making bad choices, mm. so he was just waiting on me to tell him but the but the severity of it was what broke his heart was that you know not only was you know the relationship work but how. Broken, it left me and the girl, so he didn't know about that. That's what broke his heart so much. And so, I still, I was still afraid to kind of find out what was going on with him. was yeah, like, yeah. this boy, I better tell me. He been married. He married. Da, 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 da. It, and it didn't matter at that point because that wasn't the purpose. But i never forget. He was, he was telling me, he said, you know, to me, he was talking to me. He said, Tamika, you know, you're such a beautiful girl. You always, I always, since the day I met you, felt like, you know, like, you're this strong like, woman that has so much going in your life. He said, you just, you know, these, I don't know why you just keep, like, these guys are all wrong for you. And so, I was like, yeah, no, I'm never going to get in a relationship. I was acting a fool. I said, ain't nobody going to want to be with me anyway. He was like, well, you know, hey, that's your fault. Because you already know what we've over here this whole time. So, I was just like, it's over. I'll never get a chance. <laughs> I wasn't even really thinking that way, but I was just like, you know, I didn't, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. This man from the beginning of life, me starting my phase of living life. You got to remember, I met him at 20. So this next phase of my life, like can live through all of this. We have pictures like from every single decade of us breaking up on and off all the way from when we first met in college, we have pictures, memories. And, you know, I started to think about, you know, this has been the one for me the whole time. I have just been the most broken woman ever to be able to receive. This is it because my husband was always like, to me, you know, a man, you know, you a man, I gotta have himself together. He was all about having a plan. Like me, I'm just all over the place. Yeah. We don't need no plan.
0: We out here, be doing
1: it. And I used to be like, all we have to do is stay in a cardboard box. And I remember one day, my husband asked me, he said, How did that cardboard box work that you mm. wanted to live in? How did it feel? That's what you wanted to live in, right? I was like, Yeah, I used to always say, you know, as long as we love each other, we can live in a cardboard
0: box. <laughs> we be box. good.
1: It's like, okay, how does the cardboard box feel? And I was like, you know, that was just the most unhealthy way to live. So I always tell women, especially my friends who yeah. are single and stuff, I'm like, y'all, it's some good men out there. We just be broken like a mug. We be just broken.
0: Y'all hear that? Yeah, it's some, good it's men some out there. great
1: men out there. Great. And they not married, not because, you know, of any other reason other than they're very calculated men. Mm. And they know what they stand to lose if they take you on. Because one thing about my husband and I say, and all, for all the women out there too, I don't care how broken you are, what you went through. When you ex- when you talk to a man about that and he wants to know that, he's counting the cost. Wow. If he can deal with you and your stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So my husband knew what my stuff was. When my husband asked me, well, so let me see what your credit score is like, because I know what life been like. What's your credit score looking like? He counted the cost of my, of, of my debt. Okay, so if something happened to you, Tamika, this is the debt that I'm going to have to worry about. Okay, I could deal with that. He's counting the cost of the, of the baggage. And my husband knew that he had what it took to walk with me to a place of wholeness. And he stuck with it. He stuck with it. And like I said it it's not because men these th- th- that you know he was broken. My husband's a whole man. He didn't come from no trouble past and all that. He he has his his parents love me, have always loved me since they first met me. I didn't think it was men like that that existed. But also with him, a lot of times women when we're broken, we 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 attract broken men. We want to help them, you know. All they need is a birth certificate <laughs> and a Social Security number, uh-huh. and we good. See, my husband didn't need a, a whole man. He knows he he wants. He knows where he's going. Some of us who broken, we intimidated by that because mm-hmm. that man ain't gonna let you run him. Well, what has,
0: does that intimidation look like?
1: I mean, it looks like like I can't boss him. <laughs> <laughs> Like, my, my husband had a clear vision of family, what it looks like to legacy, generational wealth. You know, he's, you know, he could fill out his own application, job application.
0: Don't <laughs> need no help.
1: <laughs> he don't need my help. Like, the things that I was helping all these other men with, my husband was like, what? Go do what? Girl, I, like I know how that? to. Right. I'm finna go online and do it yeah, myself. Yeah, yeah. So, I would feel like I would feel so helpless. Mm. Like, I'm not needed. And my wow. husband would tell me, "No, no, no. Mm-mm. What you was doing for them, you're not supposed to be doing." I, I have my own dream. I have my own destiny. I'm responsible for that. As a wife, I'm gonna tell you where I need you in that area. And that was the part that I felt like, "Let me do this. Let me do that." My husband was like, "No, I have. A, well, let me work on this. I got an accountant. Well, let me do this. I have a lawyer." Well, let me do this. Okay, no. So the things that he needed me to do was just help my home be peaceful. He needed me to get to a place of healing. He needed me to pay attention to the girls. The things that he needed help with that were, that were very small, and I'd be like, man, I can do that. But see, he allowed for me as a strong man to be in a place of rest and peace <coughs> in my life. Hmm. I've never experienced so much peace in my life where I'm not fighting, where I'm not, you know, trying to work for his love or do something for him to, mm mm-mm. He knew exactly what he was getting, what he needed from me. And that was for me to be me. Sometimes my words, sometimes my encouragement, sometimes the fact from a long day, I know when I come home, my husband has peace. You know, when he's making decisions, he's talking to me about certain things, you know, and I offer my opinion and I say things from a different perspective. He's like, okay, yeah, I never thought about that. This is So I had to learn to just rest in the fact that, I was in the right hands as it relates to a husband, and I—he loved me for who I was, brokenness and all. And so I didn't have to work for nothing. That's how it is with God, with Jesus. You ain't got to work for nothing; it's already been handled. Mm-hmm. And so I go to sleep at night. I I gotta wake up, you know? Is is the lights gonna be paid? <laughs> <You know? laughs> like really, there's. There's a man, it's, 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 it's nothing like, and I've never experienced no one like him. And since, since I met him, a man of his word, man of integrity, a man of God, for real.
0: Because mm-hmm.
1: what I thought of being a God was a man to go to church on Sundays.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anybody but this church?
1: man <clears throat> is a man of his word. He loves me. He protects me. He, beyond what he sees, my pain, my hurt, he had patience with me. Grace, like, this girl done came home. <laughs> and, and sometimes we laugh about it because one time he was talking about, remember that, he said, one time, girl, you tried to steal on me, and I was like, what? He's like, girl, you tried to swing on me. I was like, what? He was like, girl, I was like, this girl done lost it. <laughs> It's talked about you trying to style on me. I said, really? We we can laugh about that. Yeah. But at that moment, because he's a heel man, a whole man, he understands this girl going through something. Mm-hmm. This is not, I know that this is pain. I know this is hurt. I know this is, you know, but you know, like girl, you pushing it like
0: <laughs> getting it. You
1: get all right now. And every time I thought that I had just did it, that was my last draw. Mm-hmm there was always grace for me for, from him, you know? And I had so many relationships where, you know, all my faults were always magnetized, you know, what I wasn't, I was always told what I, what I wasn't. And to see, you know, I thought it was the most beautiful thing to see, you know, someone like my husband to just love somebody like me who had had so many, you know, mistakes. And he was, he's been there with me from the beginning. In my life. And you know, that's why I believe that that direction that you was talking about before. Mm-hmm. I believe God points us in the right direction. It's not funny to say that you like bad guys. Yeah. That ain't funny. That could end you up in the graveyard, a mental institution, in a hospital, or your destiny snatched out of you. That ain't good. That ain't, oh, I don't like, I don't like, I like me a bad. That That's, that's, you gonna learn later in life that, you know. That's not what brings you peace. That's not what brings you joy and brings you happiness. There are some healed, whole men who have the uh, uh, capability of leading you in your life. And I let my husband lead me. I don't have no problem with it. I am a woman of strength and grace, but when my husband speak, and I know he's speaking like, it's a no. I'm, I'm following him. That's where my favor lies. That's where my blessing lies, is learning how to gracefully follow him. If it ain't lead me to sin or killing myself, I humbly, when that man speak, okay,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that's what we're doing. And so I'm glad I've come to a place in my life where I'm healed enough to understand my place as a woman. My place as a woman, my place as a heel woman, a whole woman, and I'm able to live it out in front of other women because we, we, we got to live that blessed life.
0: For sure. Show. Show. <laughs> we
1: can't live it and experience that blessing. We can't experience that good marriage, that great, that dream that I'm right now. I'm slowly working through building it now in peace. I ain't worried about nobody cheating on me, doing all kind of crazy stuff, waking up with no lights on, no water. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm traumatized by that. You just don't know. you, uh-huh. you shoot. You know, I, you know li- living from a whole place in life, you know, it's, that's that blessed life.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I call
1: it the above life.
0: Oh, it's definitely above.
1: Above and not beneath life. Mm-hmm. You know, I have every, I have everything I need at this moment in life in order to continue to build and work towards, you know, what, what I believe God ultimately has for me.
0: That is a beautiful story. Oh, Because you talked of the highs and lows, and I feel like you didn't leave. You left it all on the table. Mm -hmm. And you talked about the strength, not only of yourself, but the strength of the people who were directed in your life, you know, that that conversation in heaven you talked about that mm-hmm. happened for you before you were destined to be here. That's a beautiful thing. And a beautiful thing to kind of help a lot of Christians who believe when these bad things happen to me or the people who don't believe when these bad things happen to me, that there can't be a God there, you know, why would God do such a thing? You know, if there's a God of peace, a God of love, how could God allow this to happen? But you, you explained that in a way that I'm, hoping that people understand right. that, you know, there's God's will and there's free will and people have, they have their own vices, they make their own decisions and they mm-hmm. choose to do what they want to do with their lives. And it's just, we just happen to be innocent bystanders right. of their poor decisions.
1: Absolutely. And that's, life is all about decisions for all of us. For sure. And the, de- the decisions that we make, that we make personally are going to de- determine, you know, the, the, the you know, the outcomes of our life, but also at some point the decisions of other people. Yeah. And so we were victims of decisions of other people. And it took me a while to understand that. We, you know, you have to be like living under a rock to not know that we just live in a world where there's so much evil. And the only way that could be lived out is if it's being done to other people.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So... And I believe it to, to a certain extent, that evil that is, that is done to us, like because like I said, I live from a value system of the Bible, mm-hmm. that evil that was done to us, it worked for our good. Yeah. Listen to the story of Joseph. See, you have the same type of, we have the same type of anointing that's over Joseph's life. Because what it ultimately did was put him in a place of influence by way of affliction, of hurt, of pain. Pain has its way of producing passion, purpose, and power. Mm-hmm. And so, so for us to get to a place where even in, on the pathway of that, we get to a place where we, are, we don't allow our pain to impact how we are treating other people around us—that's when you know you're you're healed. Because remember, when Joseph got there, and the, the very people that hurt him, he had his, his own brothers. Yeah, he had to be the one to bless them. And so we have to go through a process of life where God grows us through that pain, and He heals us, so that we don't do the same thing to people that was done to us. And that's hopefully that's what it, it does to us when we when we grow that we don't. We don't. I have so much compassion for yeah. people because of what people did to me. I have so much compassion when I see people in pain. When I see other women talking about they've been molested, I understand that we all go through our situations differently. But I can relate to the pain, mm-hmm. and so I understand why <clears throat> my pain has purpose. Because now I got to help this this young woman. Thanks. I need to help her because I've been through it. This other woman coming out of broken relationships and feels like she's nothing. Now I need to tell her my story so that she can have a clear picture that this is, it's been done. I always tell my kids, it's been done before. Y'all don't have to do what what I've already done for you. I tell my sisters, you ain't got to do it. I can tell you how this is going to end. Don't do that because I've already lived it. So, when we've already lived through it, lived through the pain, we got a healthy way of seeing it, we can share it, we can help other people.
0: Mm-hmm. That's good.
1: We can help other people. That's good. So, I'm so free from what I went through. You know, sometimes I get, I told you, I said, I'm living that today because, you know, I'm still around those same people. Yeah. And I'll be like, first of all, who <laughs> oh, ain't all that?
0: Do you want me to. Be? <laughs> Yeah, be yeah, quiet yeah. now Because uh-huh. you know I
1: know something on you You better sit down Because okay So of course you know I was a man uh-huh. So You could have a wise Oh he's the best thing Ever happening Yeah And I'll be like But he the worst thing Ever happened to me Y'all need to turn Yo.
0: <laughs> You know
1: He's the worst thing That could have happened to me So you, you have all of that You in conflict with
0: yeah. You know, every day. You
1: you in conflict with, oh, look at my amazing father. And I'll be like, girl, you must know your daddy is the devil.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah.
1: So it's a it's a constant, you know, fight in life that we have to, you know, keep ourselves in check. Keep keep forgiving. Cause I'll be like, I'm gonna expose you.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: Say something else. <laughs> Say something else. Be up here crying, talking about something. You, you lost somebody. What did I lose because of what you did to me? Right, right, right. You know, yeah. so it, it's, it's, we're, we're growing and we're learning. And I, I'm, I'm thankful that I'm at a place in my life now where I can talk about this stuff. Because all of this stuff was a red badge for me. It mm-hmm. was like, you know, the scarlet letter? Mm-hmm. It was like a scarlet letter. I have gone through so many broken relationships, gone through being molested, losing things. It didn't go together with the put togetherness, <laughs> but it's one of the greatest strengths that I have—the the ability to overcome with my faith and understand that there's nothing that we can go through in life that God can't help us get through. He's with us. Yeah, now, yeah, all yeah. the time will we, you know we will it be evident. You know, like, where well, you was when that fool had his hand on me? Right. God's like, no, I told him, don't touch you now. You know, people got to realize this.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Don't think for one minute they would, they, wouldn't, they didn't stand with a choice with, All no, right, now, don't touch her. All right, now, don't touch him. Oh, don't think for one minute they didn't have that choice. I was, no, I told them, don't touch you. Now, they did what they wanted to do. It's going to work for your good. Mm-hmm. But for them... I got them. I'm going to handle that. You know, so we got to rest in the fact that it's going to get handled. Mm-hmm. It might not look like it's getting handled. Right. Because the wife, you got your picture up there talking about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my king. You know, it look like it ain't getting handled. Yeah, but I yeah, say, yeah. no, it's, it's going to get handled. For
0: sure. And, and the way that it needs to be handled. That the and way not that the way he. That we need yeah, because
1: we want it to we be want, handled. Right.
0: Handle <laughs> handled. All the way. I need
1: the world to know. Mm-hmm. What you did,
0: mm-hmm. how
1: you did it, and you went. And sometimes, what what's what? One of the best uh, temp checks for me is God be like, girl. All right, now you know some stuff. Don't nobody know you did.
0: Play if you want to. <laughs> So
1: we want to start exposing people. Oh,
0: let's start with you first. We're going
1: we to go with you first. So mm-hmm. that's a good temperature check too yeah. is that it might not be as severe as what they did, but we guys was stuff. we like, no, keep, like, that on, you know, keep that on. Keep that on. Tuck that in. I'm going to just tuck mine in right, like, right. Huh? You like know, red. I'm going to tuck mine in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, <talking about> <laughs> God, I'm like okay, nah. You, I, we to, we wanted uh-huh. I'm like nah, we ain't want to do that. Nah,
0: nah, nah. I'm gonna let you handle that. You we got it, I'm gonna let you handle that one. <laughs> right, <All> right. right. <laughs> I'm gonna back off. I heard you. I Look,
1: well, can you let me see a little bit of you handling it?
0: Mm-mm. Nope.
1: God be like nah.
0: Yeah, I, I'm told you, chill out.
1: My God, does
0: thank you, Tamika.
1: You're welcome. Thank
0: you. I'm gonna do a quick commercial break. Okay. And then I want you to close us out with something. You kind of just, the whole episode has been powerful.
1: Oh, I ain't got to close out. You close out. You
0: gonna close out with a little something and let people know where they can find you um, in next, when the uh, production is going to be produced and everything like that. And, uh, Close close out some powerful words. So um, this episode is sponsored by the Embolden Institute. This is the only place that I know that is helping individuals who have suffered sexual trauma or some type of trauma in your life that helps you overcome those situations like Tamika speak, spoke about in her life as well. I send out daily text messages to you um, where it's helping you heal that broken place in your life. That's helping you overcome because a lot of times, you know, we're scared to open up. We're scared to go to the therapy. We're scared to really just help ourselves get the help that we need. So I'm here to help you until you're ready to get that help. So text me 404-476-6780. Text me the word HEAL to 404-476-6780. And also, I know a lot of times when you're in brokenness, it's hard to affirm yourself. And I've been there where it's just been hard for me to affirm myself. So I've started an affirmation challenge as well. You can text me the word affirmation. I send out daily affirmations seven days a week, and then we don't take no days off. Seven days a week, you text me the word affirmation to 404-476-6780 because I want you to affirm yourself and know that you are enough, that what's, you know, what you've gone through is, is very minute to what you're going to get to. So text me, stay in contact with me. Tamika, take us out.
1: Listen, trouble does not last always, but trauma has its way of sticking around, the trauma of the trouble. It's our responsibility to... Take that experience and get healing from the trauma that we've experienced in life. As he said, that you are not what happened to you. There's some place in life that God wants to take you. It's called your destination. You have a responsibility, you as a human, to get there. And when you get there, you want to have dealt with the trauma. You want to have received the healing so that you can experience the blessing of your destiny. That's good. And so, you know, get your healing. Get to a place in, in your life where you take it, you face it, you hit it head on, and you deal with it. God can't heal what we won't confront. For sure. He can't heal what we won't confront. So get to a whole place so that you can experience the blessing. The blessing. And so, thank you for having me. My show, Go Girls Rock, it airs in February. Okay. And we are it's going to be on a YouTube channel but I am going to a network as well. I can't tell y'all the network yet. y'all watch me go follow me. <laughs> Go follow me on uh, IG Instagram at I am just Tamika and I'm on Facebook as well at Tamika Tamika Jackson and you can go to my website at Now com. Thank you for having me. Thank you like for that. Like you done you don't, you don't freed me today. Hey <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Now your story freed me um just from your experience. Even your husband's story freed me as well as a man. Yeah. You know, so thank you for sharing that as well because I love hearing stories of when a man is able to come into a broken life. Yeah. And still just stick there because I'm still in a space where I see them like, you know that's a red flag for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to leave you that alone. <laughs> but, you know, just your husband's testament to just being a man and just really just sticking through because he saw the vision of not who you were, but he saw who you're going to be. Yeah. And that's where I think a lot of men, we kind of need to just kind of settle a little bit and just kind of see beyond people's troubles. And if you're that guy who doesn't have himself together yet, just recognize that as well say, I don't, I'm not there yet. And right. There may be a woman who may be the, what your husband was to a guy. Right. You know, it's just we just got to really get ourselves to a space where, We can get beyond ourselves. Absolutely. And I believe this story here and this this podcast episode is going to help a lot of people.
1: Oh, wow. Get beyond themselves
0: and to really understand that their brokenness doesn't last forever.
1: Amen. Amen. I'm a living witness.
0: Amen. Amen. Y'all heard it first. We are here. We are out. Peace.